Hello, welcome to another MLEX podcast. I'm James Panicki, MLEX's Brussels Managing Editor, and here's a question for you. How much do you want access to Wi-Fi when you're in flight? It's not for everyone. There may be a few unusual people out there who actually want a bit of peace and quiet when they're on a plane, a bit of P&Q. Others, though, would like to be able to connect when mid-air, whether it's to catch up on work or simply watch videos of cute kittens doing cute things, which is, after all, why the internet was invented. Now, the technology for this in the EU is there, or rather it's just around the corner, but there are regulatory questions as companies gear up to invest millions in this kind of technology. Loitering, as usual, at the intersection between technology and regulation is Magnus Franklin, MLEX's chief telecoms correspondent. Hi, Magnus. Hello, James. Now, this dispute over the technology required to make this happen and who gets to exploit that technology is going to end up in court. But let's start from the very beginning. Firstly, why is it taking airlines so long to install Wi-Fi? I think you start off on a good question there. Is it actually a place where we want Wi-Fi airplanes <laughs> or do we just want to have a safe space away from all the gadgets? Uh, no, I mean, th- there's a, a lot of uh, technology that's had to be developed uh, and it wasn't until about 2014 that companies started making a proposition that could actually make this happen. There's challenges, there's technical challenges, airplanes move very quickly, uh, and there are uh, distance challenges, they move uh, uh, the speed at very high altitude. So there's a technical challenge that has been overcome, but now what companies are finding is that there is a legal uh, and or let's say commercial competitive challenge as well. And now the technical challenges have been overcome in the sense that we're talking about satellite technology here, aren't, aren't we? That's a technology that's in the mix. Satellite is in the mix, and it's uh, taken a very prominent role in all the talk about this. But in fact, what we're talking about is primarily a ground-based system. It's actually, a, let's say, a mobile phone the size of a can of Coke sitting under the wing that communicates a bit like a, a smartphone with a cell network on the ground, not actually to satellites. Okay, let's walk uh, the listeners through this. Inmarsat is the name of the company which is hoping to make this happen. Let's talk about the context in which they're trying to achieve this. So Inmarsat is in a very privileged position in that they have uh, a license called an MSS license, which gives them a unique combination to combine uh, satellite and ground-based networks. Uh, and this is uh, there's only two licenses like this, and Inmarsat has found a way which it thinks... Uh, can allow it to exploit this license with this particular combination of a bit of satellite, but mainly a ground-based uh, LTE broadband network. And it was awarded this uh, this license by the European Commission itself back in 2008. Yeah, 2008, they started the selection process. 2009, the uh, it wasn't really a licensing procedure. It was a selection procedure that then allowed uh, or compelled national regulators to give these two operators the license. But at the time, what we were talking about was mobile TV. Now, and this is the controversy, isn't it? Because at the time, back in 2008, people were not uh, talking about Wi-Fi on airplanes, but satellite TV, as you've mentioned. So the idea was to give people access to satellite TV wherever they might be. Yes, the idea was that people would walk around with, we didn't really have smartphones then, but uh, let's say Blackberries, uh, which had integrated uh, technology that would be based on satellites, and then with a small ground component to fill in tunnels, uh, hard-to-reach places where satellite signals wouldn't reach. But basically, you'd walk around and watch your BBC or France 5 or whatever 
on the movie. Or, or sitcoms or soapies or whatever you want to... What happened to that idea? It sounds great. I want it to happen. It died a, a silent death. <laughs> uh, it just didn't have a market. No one wanted it. No one really demanded Now, we, of course, we all have uh, broadband, so we watch YouTube on the go. It wasn't the idea of content on the go that was wrong. It was just the way of thinking people want to watch their public broadcasters. So it ended up with these, these frequencies. Uh, it started to ask itself, well, what can I do it, given that this is obviously technologically not going to, not going to happen? And they came up with Wi-Fi on airplanes. Now, the, the question is whether or not they're entitled to do that. But talk me through the, the, the process that led them to that, uh, to that decision. Yeah, so Inmarsat came up with this idea to, to uh, turn the tables, let's say, to use primarily a ground-based network with the satellite component to fill in uh, areas where they didn't want to, to or couldn't build a whole ground system. And, the, of course, the, the other people that want to uh, sell Wi-Fi on planes uh, were outraged because they don't have this license, and they don't believe that Inmarsat has this license either. And, and that's what, in fact, the court case... Now, there's a court case which has been launched by uh, Viasat, which is a California-based satellite operator. They've, uh, they're taking legal action against the commission or against the commission's decision to award the license to Inmarsat. Obviously, they're keen to, to be part of the action, but, but why would they take legal action? How is that going to solve things for them, given where we, we are at the moment? Well, it's actually in the, in the technical detail of what they're, they, they, they've challenged. They haven't challenged the award decision. They've challenged the decision of the Commission not to inhibit national regulators to give these licenses. And the technicality there is that what they would really want is for the Commission to say look, this was all a mess, let's do this uh, selection procedure again on the basis that we're going to be offering um, Wi-Fi on planes with these frequencies, and let's see who turns up and how valuable it is to them. And so other uh, rival satellite companies want this to happen, obviously, because they want to be part of the action. They feel that they're excluded uh, at the moment. And that is, in fact, uh, what you have been reporting on uh, over the past week. But, but how did we end up in this situation, why did we end up in, in, in such a mess in which uh, a decision which was made back in 2008 is now being discussed in a European court? Absolutely. And, and just to point out, it's not just Viasat. There's a whole bunch of satellite companies mm. willing to enter this game. So Although it's Viasat that's taking the, the, the doing the... the Viasat's taken yeah. the... But they're supported by other satellite operators. I see. And you just ask any satellite operator uh, in, in the world, and they'll say, yeah, we'd like a piece of that. <laughs> I see. So uh, it's a it's pretty, pretty big, uh, big yeah. game. It's not just a, a California or US-based company involved. Um, so basically what happened was uh, the, this focus back in 2008 on mobile TV... Um, which led to this uh, botched decision of, of awarding these or defining the selection procedure in such a way that it would really only work with the combination. It's not set out in, in stone, mm. but if you start reading, it, it kind of gives the impression that this is really how you would describe a mobile uh, TV system if you had one. Where do we go from here? I mean, this really talks about the obsession that we have, the, the, the very recent obsession that we have with the, with the concept of technological neutrality. How does technological neutrality apply to this case or, or really doesn't apply to this case? Well, that's the thing. I mean, now we're talking about, uh, the, and the European Commission, of course, is having to defend this. Um, but to be honest, would it want to be seen to be standing in the way of Wi-Fi on planes? Probably not. So is it easier thing to do to just give Inmarsat the, the easy option out or to launch a whole new complex procedure? Now, the, the problem here is that the Commission is also talking about uh, for next wave of connectivity 5G to have, let's say, 25-year license durations uh, and quite complex mechanisms for withdrawing licenses in cases like this. 
where uh, the original purpose has, has changed. Mm. So really what we're looking at is maybe a forecast of what we'd, we might be dealing with 10 years down the line. I see. So, so, but, I mean, under current circumstances, therefore, the, the, the Commission doesn't have the ability to withdraw the licence. No, we don't really have. Pan, this is the only pan-European licensing mm. or selection process we've had. And the European Commission wants more of this. They want a single European market. They want more Europe. Uh, now, the question is, and everyone's really thinking about this now, is how do we do this so that we don't end up with botched decisions that end up causing problems a decade down the line? When was your last trip in an airplane, Magnus? Uh, well, uh, a while ago, but I'm leaving for holidays next week, so I'm right. hoping to be on a plane soon. And are you going to take a, a, a device with you? And does the fact that you don't have Wi-Fi access on that flight... Do you feel particularly aggrieved by that? Look, I mean, we can all find situations when it would be really handy to have uh, a connection on the plane. Now, I won't be taking my work phone with me, so uh, you'll have to bear with <laughs> if you try to send me emails about this podcast in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but I think it would be useful, wouldn't it? I mean, even mm. if we don't sit there streaming all the time, yeah, you'd want to check the news while you have a quiet moment and whatnot. Magnus, lovely speaking to you as always. Thanks, James. Magnus Franklin is MLEX's chief telecoms correspondent. He has written two pieces on this case over the course of the last week. The first is the news of the court case. The second is a piece of analysis which is titled Airline Wi-Fi Court Clash Renews Attention on EU's Regulatory White Elephant. And from me, James Panicki, that's all for now. Thanks for listening. Bye.